I heard you. I heard you calling. This is your woo-woo tarot reader, astrologer, and woods wanderer, T, also known as Tiffany Lee Brown. And I just now got a really strong woo-woo, psychic, universal, whatever kind of message from y'all. And it came through the tarot deck. We're using the Smith Rider Weight or RWS deck today, as we so often do. And the message was like, you got to pull a card right now. So I don't know if this is several of our regular burning tarot, a little handful of journeyers that are having issues and needle guidance, or if it's maybe just one of you. But it was really strong, powerful. So I said, okay, let me draw a card. Now, usually on the Burning Tarot podcast, we draw the card, we talk card stuff. Maybe I blather about, you know, whatever other stuff. While we're taking a walk out in the woods, that's part of the fun. But lately, yeah, that outdoor thing is uh, cold. It looks pretty. There's snow. My son and I went out to start a walk earlier. I immediately turned my foot, which I'm supposed to be not walking in the snow on that foot right now. Got an injured foot slightly. Oops. But then also there was this crazy frigid wind. This is here in central Oregon in the pine forest of Deschutes National Forest. So, yeah, mm -mm. we're doing our indoor non-nature walk today. We can look at the pretty stuff out the window and the background noises are going to be different. Like, guess what this is? That is the element of fire and the element of water. The element of fire is happening in this gorgeous wood stove. And it's a wonderful way to use wood that is otherwise going to burn in some other way, such as in a wildfire, which is what we have been getting a lot of around here uh, in the last six or seven years, particularly. Um, or it'll end up part of some operation where the Forest Service ends up making a big slash pile and burning that. So instead of that, we have like a triple catalytic converter that's making this wood stove smoke um, barely noticeable to the environment. And we get to use this wood instead of uh, using electricity to heat our home or uh, that kind of fossil fuel stuff. So when you hear this noise... That's the crackling fire, and that's the element of fire. And every time we light a fire, we're bringing the element of fire into our lives in a conscious way. And, you know, when I light the fire, I say, hello, fire. Thank you for being transformational and keeping us warm and inspired. You're so cool, fire. And then on top of this wood stove, making this little funny noise, that's water. It's getting hot and turning into steam. That's helping heat and humidify our house. And that's lovely too. Thank you, fire, for making the air moist enough for us to be able to even breathe. That's where we are today. You know, it's the coziness of the home instead of the expansiveness of nature outdoors. The card itself. Dun, dun, dun. It's a big one. It's the Queen of Swords. She is seated on a fancy carved 
uh, stone-looking throne. She is facing profile so that she is looking out toward the right-hand part of this card. <coughs> Excuse me. There's blue sky behind her, and you see a bird, which is typical of a sword card, where you might see a bird or a butterfly, some kind of creature that embodies the element of air. For the swords, of course, are the air element as embodied in the tarot. So there she is. She's got her left hand raised as though in a greeting or as more like saying, you may approach <laughs> to some underling. In her right hand, she holds a nice tall phallic sword and it's pointed up. We like those phallic symbols pointed nice and stiff at the sky, right? But seriously, folks, um, she's kind of resting it on her armrest of her big fancy throne. She has a fairly grim expression on her face. She is a white-appearing woman. Her crown is golden. Her robes are gray and blue with some kind of ratty, orangish accents. There are also some clouds on the horizon behind. They are white puffy clouds, not the black broiling, scary looking cloud variety. A little bit in the way of trees. <clears throat> this illustration, of course, was made by Pamela Coleman Smith, also known as Pixie. Very incredible person who uh, really brought Tarot to life in the 20th century, early 20th century, and subsequently you know, since all that time, we have a zillion other card decks, and she is really the big influencer. She did great. Good work, Pixie. So, Queen of Swords. I feel like maybe we've drawn her recently. Maybe we haven't. I've been doing various readings for various people. Maybe one of you got a Queen of Swords reading recently, and I'm confusing it with the podcast readings. Well, whatever. Now this one's for all of us, my friends. What are we going to think about this week? So there's a lot going on astrologically. Um, I won't go into that too much. I promise. I promise. I know some of you are not so into the astro. But just for those who are kind of keeping track, we do have some exciting developments going on, which include a conjunction between uh, Jupiter and Venus this week. And that's one that you can see out in the sky <clears throat> For those of us up here in the USA and, and in other spots of the Northern Hemisphere, maybe Southern too, I'm not sure, but I know up here it's visible. So you can actually go out and see beautiful Venus shining in the sky and beautiful Jupiter uh, if you don't have cloud cover. And I saw them coming close to each other maybe 10 days ago, but this conjunction um, will even look like a direct exact meeting of the two planets uh, to the naked eye from the planet Earth. So that's super exciting. And so people have, astrologers have our own different ideas about what that might mean. But you can expect some power in the realm of values, aesthetics, and love. Doesn't all have to be fun and games, by the way. Those all sound like such 
fun things, but you may just experience this as a lot of intensity. We also have Saturn uh, going into Pisces for the first time in, whatever, 29 years or so, and beginning a whole new Saturn cycle for all of us. And that's going to be going on through, I don't know, maybe like mid-2025. So, hmm, Saturn in Pisces is a time that can be, uh, there can be struggle for finding spiritual discipline. But we may find ourselves encouraged to do more spiritual practices. If we do get overwhelmed, as one can often do with Pisces energy, there's a very serious tendency to fall into the worst part of our habits. So Saturn and Pisces, for one person, might suddenly motivate you to like get up and meditate every morning for 60 minutes. Another person, it might just have this energy where, you, you know, you kind of want to start drinking a lot. <laughs> Alcohol, right? So it's a funny energy. And then coming up in a couple of weeks, we will have... Um, Pluto also changing signs, and that's not just every 29, 30 years. That's a long, 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 long cycle. You won't see Pluto coming back to this point again in your lifetime. Um, So, yeah, so I just wanted to set that up as if you're star watching, star gazing, noticing the astrologies of the moment, uh, in addition to the exciting stuff that happens with the moon, as it does most months, we have these like kind of big stuff going on out there in the sky. So our Queen of Swords comes up in that context. She is greeting this kind of exciting Venus-Jupiter energy and, and getting ready for Saturn to move and Pluto to move. These are big, powerful energies. All of them, except Venus, are coded masculine by our culture. And of course, this is like the Western astrologies that have have arisen out of the ancient Greeks and such. So, you know, the planets are named after, you know, those kinds of gods and goddesses. And naturally... There's hardly any goddesses represented among the planets. Once we get into the asteroids, you know, then we get some female energy. So Venus is in there carrying the whole load, the weight of all the feminine-ness that we have, which is pretty much 50-50. You don't have to be um, identifying as or biologically whatever female to have feminine energy. Everybody's got it. And we make some assumptions about it based on our culture. Queen of Swords kind of cuts through some of our assumptions. Venus is out there embodying like love and kind of sumptuous uh, attention to adornments and beauty. And she does a bunch of other stuff too. But that's kind of the, that's the main stuff and the sexuality that our culture likes to focus on about that kind of goddess energy. And when you look at the Queen of Swords, you would not mistake her for that part of feminine energy. And she is raising her hand, you know, like, yes, you may approach. 
But it's very clear that she will chop your head off if she wants to, if you do this wrong. That's why she's holding this sword. This is not like the sword that's thrust into the air that we see in the Ace of Swords, which is like in the hand of God or an angel being sent to you to give you power to capture. This is more like, this is guarded, and this is a very clear message. She wants you to see this. When our Queen of Swords energy gets going, we can be very defensive. That's a negative word in our culture, but it doesn't really have to be. Defensive can mean that you need to have your defenses up. Something's going on. The unfortunate thing would be if we got caught behind, behind, sorry, if we got caught behind our defenses, right? And emotionally, I think most of us do this at some point, either every day or several times in our lives, right? So if you've been burned by a certain kind of person, certain kind of situation, if you've experienced trauma, you know, next time you arrive at a similar situation, even if you don't recognize the similarity consciously, your unconscious self is very likely, it can tell, it's very likely to know. And it'll set off alarm bells in your body. We like to call this anxiety, right? And we like to tell people to meditate about it or throw some meds at it. But it's actually this kind of useful alert system. Your inner self, your body, your nervous system, they're carrying all this really valuable information. And some of that may be available uh, to your consciousness, your conscious, regular, everyday self that you think of as like I or me. Some of it's unconscious. It's way down in there. So when our Queen of Swords energy emerges, one of the first things that I would say is like, oh, what's she reacting to? Why is she defending stuff? Why am I feeling defensive? Why do I feel like I have to show my big old sword to everybody? Hey, everybody, look at this. So impressive. And the answer isn't always... Oh, goodness, I'm too defensive. I must put away my sword and be such a nice lady. That is not always the answer. Sometimes the answer is, approach me if you fucking dare. Sometimes that's the right thing to say. And you're like, what? Really? Are we allowed to be like that? Especially if you're a feminine-facing person. Yeah, you're allowed to be like that sometimes. And in fact... Maybe you need to. You can call it boundaries or you can call it self-care, you know, or you can call it, (laughs) in my day, we called it, pardon me, we called it being a bitch. And sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes that's the only language that the others are going to listen to. I think of Venus out there in the sky surrounded by all these big masculine gods doing her amazing dance. And I think, that's got to be a little lonely, right? And the Queen of Swords is just, she's had it. She's done. I like to, uh, in my current mode of life, I'm in perimenopause. 
This is the time of life leading up to menopause, which is when women stop having their periods and um, have a lot of hormonal changes. Some people call this the, um, the second adolescence or the second puberty. And boy, oh boy, it's just as crazy and weird as the first one. Not for everybody, but I'm one of the people who are highly impacted and thrown around by perimenopause. So I look at the Queen of Swords and I'm like, <laughs> this lady looks like, you know, she's in perimenopause. And somebody just asked her for the wrong thing. And she's just, she's done. She's done. She's not putting up with stuff anymore. And the Queen of Swords can also be very jealous. So uh, if you find a little of what my mom always called jello feeling arising in yourself, well, maybe just take a look at it, recognize it for what it is. A kind of insecurity, a kind of the emotion of jealousy can help you understand where your anxieties are because when we're jealous, it's showing that we need something, right? If I feel, um, say I was jealous of my husband uh, talking to a woman at a party, in real life, I'm not really like that. But, uh, you know, who knows? I might be. Um, when that feeling arises, it's telling me, like, oh, well, you feel possessive of your man. You know, maybe because you're insecure or maybe because you've been hurt before. Or, you know, it can be okay, I guess is what I'm saying. It can just be a signal. Or maybe I need more intimacy that I'm get, than I am getting or asking for from my husband. You know, something like that. Um, that jealousy might be directed at us this week. So somebody else might be quick to take offense if we didn't invite them out to lunch when we invited the other friend out for lunch. You know? So people can get really prickly. Yeah, Queen of Swords, super duper prickly. She's got the prickly sword in her hand. Um, and that jealousy piece often goes with this idea that the Queen of Swords is, is a widow. She has losses. And that's why she's, you know, that's why she's been like this. So that's another image that we can have of the Queen of Swords or another part of ourselves we might feel. If this week you are approaching someone and you're pretty sure that this other person is the Queen of Swords person of the week that you have to approach, you know, because you want something from her, even if it's just you're visiting your mom or you're asking your partner who is, has a lot of female-facing energy or is female, you're asking them um, to go on a vacation or um, agree to having a new custody arrangement with their child. You know, whatever, you know, the stuff we approach each other with, right? If you're feeling like you've got to approach somebody who's holding up a sword this week, looking for bidding, <laughs> um, I would just probably with the Queen of Swords energy, you could wait 
that's one way of handling it. Say, well, you know, really, really make sure you're um, putting your finger up to the air. You know how you like lick your finger, put it in the air to see where the wind is coming from, like as if you were a sailor. Um, really pay attention. Where is the wind coming from in that relationship? If things seem too prickly, maybe this is a good time to only approach with flowers and say hi. And just don't ask for the thing yet. If you do decide to approach and ask for the thing, well, you know, she's the queen. Flatten yourself on the ground as you bow. You may approach, worm. Maybe. <laughs> Let the queen of swords be the queen of swords, whether she's emerging in ourselves or she's emerging, more frighteningly perhaps, in others around us. Don't be too surprised. Um, and what else about that? So, uh, and then we still have Mars and Gemini and stuff. So, uh, you know, it could be, could be, a, there could be arguments this week. It could be fighty. And, uh, I probably see that reflected like in the national level, <laughs> like we don't always see it right in the news. Um, whether it's a good time to bother to engage I'm not so sure. I'm personally seeing this Queen of Swords, and I'm thinking, well, I know I have a big old Queen of Swords within me. Swords are also our communication, our words, our power, our kind of electric mental abilities. So my Queen of Swords self um, can be quite cutting, can get me in lots of trouble, uh, and I don't really let her out to play very much anymore, but I used to. And she was pretty smart and logical and really, really good at a debate and argument and writing essays. And So I know for me, I see this card and I'm like, I can't let her get too out of control. You know, it's okay for me to accept the supplicants who come to me while I am guarded it's not okay for me to let her to turn into let her turn into like my inner knight of swords this kind of feminine version of that that's extremely aggressive usually verbally um because i think i'm right and because of the politics and all those good things so when i see this card i always kind of go up oh, heads up heads up i got to be careful it doesn't mean i actually <laughs> i actually will be careful but it gives me the opportunity to recognize, like, okay, there might be this energy that's going to tempt me to, um, you know, be too strong in that verbal sense. And it's okay if I'm a bitch sometimes, frankly. But let's not just unleash it on random people for no reason at all or just for the amusement of the, um, you know, the verbal display of... Uh, logic or whatever like so for those are just my own places where I get trapped um but I do know that we have educators activists artists writers for sure who listen to this podcast and those are all people who can you know get in fights especially online <laughs> swords are uh where the modern internet uh resides within the elements that are represented in the tarot. So air and swords are internet land. Um, so distant communication, 
uh, in addition to communication with those around us, the personal communication. So you might want to kind of watch out for that. And if it's you who, you know, says the wrong thing, or if it's somebody else, maybe give everybody a break and just kind of go, oh, I'm not going to rise to that bait. I'm not going to freak out about this. It's just the energy of what's happening right now. Queen of Swords, you know, sit there on your throne. You've got your sword. You're fine. You don't need to chop somebody's head off. I mean, unless you actually do need to do that. Maybe every once in a while. Metaphorically, of course. But largely, I'm not sure that with these energies that we described with the planets and with this card, not necessarily the greatest time to be looking for a fight or to be taking somebody else up on some dumb fight that isn't going to go anywhere anyway. You know, oh, we're going to argue on Twitter. Okay, who cares? Elon Musk doesn't even care, right? So uh, finding spots where we can, um, spots and spaces where we can let stuff go when we've got Queen of Swords energy, that can be just one way of um, making this card useful, working with these energies. I wouldn't say to deny the Queen of Swords her due. If there's something real and we need to defend ourselves, well, okay, we will. But if it's just more bickering, petty, self-righteous nonsense, which I'm sure all of us deal with plenty of that, at least anyone who's reading the news or interacting with the government, you know, this kind of thing. Any power structures, corporations. Um, yes, sometimes you've got to wield the sword. That's just how it is. But sometimes you can decide that you're going to sit it out, wait it out, give yourself some room, and since you know that some of this energy is going to be intense, you know, really write that into your schedule. Like, okay, where can I have a safe space to relax? Or where is it okay for me to be bitchy or fighting or dangerous? Like, is there a kickboxing class nearby? Do I have um, a really funny you know, friend who I can get really snotty with and we can, we can talk in bitter tones about things and, and nobody's going to be offended with each other. Or like, oh heavens, you know, that didn't sound like perfect white light coming out of your mouth. So maybe there's somebody like that. But that could get dangerous too. Could be like two queens with swords circling each other. <laughs> um... Yeah. So when that energy is flowing, it just makes sense to pay attention. Make sure that the comforting and grounding things that you have for your life are all set up this week. For me, that's like, I need to have some housefrau moments. I need to cook. Um, when my foot is feeling better, I need to walk. I need some solitude. I need a bath. Uh, for you, it might be meditation. Um, or knitting, painting a picture. Something physical might be useful. So it's not like, let's get this Queen of Swords out of our way. It's like, well, let's, let's use her intellectual gifts. So sit down and write if you want to, but just maybe, you know, write for yourself instead of instantly publishing it on a social media platform or in a letter to the editor. 
Give yourself a few days to look something over before you go sending it out to a bunch of people. If you're in a conflict situation, definitely, you know, definitely give it a few days if you can. If you can kind of build in some padding before you engage, like with a friend who lives far away that you're having some issues with or um, some negotiations you might be going through. Queen of Swords is a pretty good negotiator, though. If normally, uh, if your concern is that, like, say you're in a negotiation, you're, you're putting on an event, and um, your, um, your collaborator on this event um, is going about it, you think, the wrong way, or you have different ideas about how things work, if you think you, you know, you've let them kind of have their way too much, this would be a good time to sit down. Your Queen of Swords energy might really be at the ready. So might the person's Queen of Swords energy that you're sitting down with. So you don't really know. <laughs> um, and you just might feel it come welling up within you that you just have to do it now. But for some things, it might just make more sense to say, wow, I'm really, I'm really feeling so defensive and or offensive, aggressive, that there's no real point in engaging at this moment. So I'm just going to take the kickboxing class and I'll get back to the co-organizer of my event um, next week. So just look at those spots and places where it's like, okay, what makes more sense? using the sword or stepping back so that I've got enough room. Um, you know, it, it really depends whether you want to be working from your queen of swords place. For some of you, maybe it's about time. You're like, fine, I am drawing this sword. I've had it with everything. People need to do some things right, and I'm going to show them how. If you're not really feeling that way, it doesn't make sense to get super invested in having some kind of fight right now because this is kind of a passing energy. All right, all right, here I am in the house. I'm T, the Spurting Tarot. I love to hear about how the podcast and the individual readings are intersecting, resonating with your lives. Just send me like one or two sentences to burningtarot at gmail.com. And I don't always answer all of those, but I, I really appreciate, you know, just kind of hearing what's going on. If you would like a reading from me, tiffanyleebrown.com, there's a shop link. And yeah, we've got um, tarot readings, astrology readings, all of the above are available right now. And personal guided uh, grounding and earthing sessions are now available too. And we can do those over the phone or in person. It's great fun. It's like an extended version of what we sometimes do at the beginning of, um, of an individual tarot reading you might have purchased. So I'd, I'd been asked a number of times about that, so I'm offering that too. Blah, blah, blah. Much love. Have a swordsy week, you guys. Bye.